Now, folks, I can't tell you uh, how humbled I am and how honored I am to be part of this this morning. I, I truly appreciate both. Thank you so much for giving up your time. It means a lot to me. It, it, it truly does. Um, most of you by now have heard that I, that I was on the mission field. But what most of you probably don't know is prior to that time, uh, I served at a Christian camp. I managed a Christian camp for 13 years. And while I was at that camp early in my tenure, we did something that at the time was revolutionary, okay? We built a zip line for the kids, okay? And, and the zip line was really awesome, okay? You'd, you'd march the kid over to a huge oak tree, and, and you'd put them on belay, and they would begin to climb this oak tree, and they would get up to a platform. That platform was about 24 foot above the ground, and you get the child up there, and you get him off the belay, and you'd have him turn around, and what they didn't realize is that they were climbing this oak tree. They were really climbing over a gully, and they were looking down seven stories. And you were up there with them, and the first thing you did as an instructor, you would say, do you trust me? Because you've got to build that trust and confidence in a child. And once they said, yeah, I trust you, then you'd go through the equipment. You'd go through the belays and the beaners and the, 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 the blocks and everything that's involved. And you say, okay, now we're ready. Now leap off this platform. And the first thing they do, they'd be checking their safeties, and they couldn't do it. And you say, it's okay. Trust me. We can do this. And then they check their beaners. And, they, and, they, and sometime they would say, Jim, just push me off this platform. No, I, I can't do this. This is something you've got to do yourself. I can't push you. And then sometimes they'd actually begin to cry. And then we'd stop and we'd pray for this child. And then sometimes, folks, it would take 20 to 30 minutes before this child could get up what it takes to get off that platform. So my question to you this morning, have you ever found yourself on that platform? Metaphorically speaking, that maybe God has you up on that platform. And I don't know how high that platform is. There's different heights. But he may have you up there. And you may be looking down and God is asking you maybe to step out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's a new career move and your platform is, is looking down at a new career. Maybe you're going through some family problems or some health issues. And you're stuck on that platform. And even though God is saying, trust me, I've got you. We're so reluctant to get off that platform. So why? Why are we so often when we know God is in control that we're stuck on that platform? Well, I think our answer is found in our scripture reading this morning. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. It's on page 627 of your pew Bible. And we'll be reading verses 5 and 6. And would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity this morning. Lord, as we gather here and we're discussing, Father, why 
why we get stuck on that platform when we know that you're in control. Lord, when we know that we can trust you. Father, no matter what you have us do, no matter where you want to send us, Lord, we know that you've got our back. And Lord, I pray this morning that as we go through your word, we could instill that confidence in each and every one of us, that we could be willing and able to step off that platform when called. Father, help us to just to, to understand and learn that from your word this morning. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If I ask you this morning, no show of hands, please, but if I ask you this morning, how many of you absolutely 100% trust in God? I believe each person here would say, yeah, man, Jim, I do. You know, I know God. I know he's all loving. I know he's all knowing. I know he's all powerful. Some of you might even quote from, from Jeremiah 32. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? But yet, folks, if we know that we can truly, 100%, absolutely trust in God, then I ask you that question again. Why? Why do we get stuck on that platform? This morning, I think there's three main causes why God allows us to get stuck. or Not God allows us, but why we choose to be stuck on that platform. First reason is you don't get off the platform simply because common sense tells us not to. Just like the boy on that platform, man, he's up there seven stories looking down, and he's saying to himself, this just doesn't make any sense. But true trust in God, that Hebrew word trust, is a 100% confidence, secure, careless. There's no strings attached. There's no contingencies. There's no negotiating. Well, Lord, if you do this, then I'll do this. It is just a true, 100% unequivocal trust and obedience to God. But I think we all agree when I say that's difficult, isn't it? That's hard to do. But yet throughout history, our patriarchs, all the way to our disciples in a modern church, have been asked to do things that to them made no sense. Let's think about it. I mean, here is Noah. Noah's in the desert, and God is saying, here's what I want you to do, Noah. I want you to build an ark. And Noah spent 100 years building an ark. And everybody around him is saying, you're crazy, Noah. It makes no sense. Abraham, after God finally gave him his only son, said, now I want you to go sacrifice it. Can you imagine what Sarah was saying? But then not everybody is quite obedient, like Gideon. He's my favorite. He's a judge. Remember Gideon. God went up to Gideon, who had 30,000 troops, and God said, I want you to defeat the Midianites. And Gideon said, Lord, who am I? I'm the least of my people. I can't do this. And God says, you're, you're going to do it not with your strength, Gideon, but with mine. But Gideon wasn't quite as, uh, as willing as, as, as Noah and Abraham was. He said, okay, Lord, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put out a fleece. Does that sound like something we might do? He said, Lord, I'm going to put a fleece out, and tomorrow morning I want you to make that fleece dry, and I want that ground wet. And it happened. But that wasn't good enough for Gideon. He said, okay, Lord, maybe, but, but tomorrow I want you to make the fleece wet and the, dry, and the ground dry. And he did it. And then God said, okay, Gideon, go. But he said, there's one problem, Gideon. Your 30,000 are way too many. I want to get glory from this, Gideon, not you. So he says, go out now and tell any man who doesn't want to fight to go home. 
22,000 men that day told Gideon, I'm going home. And they left Gideon with only 10,000 men to fight an army of 50,000. And God said, nice try, Gideon, but that's still too many. He said, now I want you to go down to the river, remember? And I want you to take your men and those who lap like a dog versus those who put their mouth to the water. 300 men lapped up water like a dog. And God said, these are the 300 men that's going to defeat 50,000 Midianites. And Gideon had to be sitting back and saying, God, you're giving me 300 lap-licking men to go out and beat 50,000 trained soldiers? It didn't make sense. But But Gideon did it. And see, today, God is still seeking people who will trust him and do what most people would consider not smart. You know, when I was uh, in my, back in the 80s, when, uh, you know, when the average income was about $20,000, there was a young couple, and they were in their 20s, and God told them to give up their $100,000 jobs and their house and their car and go and serve in a mission. And everybody thought this couple was crazy because they were supposed to give this all up to make $150 a week. So this couple decided they were going to go seek counsel. And they went and talked to their pastor. They went and talked to their elders. And everyone told them the same thing. Are you nuts? They said, look what you have. You know, you're a young couple with everything. you got the world in the palm of your hands, and you're going to give it all up for $150 a week. But this young couple felt convicted. They knew it was God's call in their life. So they went one more step. They went and talked to their family and their parents. And their family was so kind that they set up an appointment with a psychiatrist. (laughs) But yet this young couple knew. And they did it. And they left and they went to serve on this mission. And folks, I'm here to tell you that Shelly and I, it was the best decision we ever made. No regrets at all. Throughout history, God has put people on a platform and ask them just to do one thing. Trust me. But it requires stepping off that platform even when common sense tells you not to. Deuteronomy 31.8. Don't have to turn to that, but write it down. Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me read that last part again. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? I mean, do you really, truly believe that God is with us and he will never forsake us? Folks, I'm here to tell you, I've staked my life on that promise. God has put me in the middle of a volcano. God has put me in a 14-foot boat out to sea with 15-foot waves. God has put me at the top of a 7,000-foot mountain. And he said, your only way down is a spiral road that's two foot wider than your car. God has put me crossing a 40-foot canyon on two logs. God has been and will continue to be 100% faithful if you stand on his promise and just simply put your trust in him. 
Isaiah 55, 9 says it best. He says, for just, as, for just as heavens are higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Do me a favor, think about that the next time God has you on that platform and you say that's not smart. I think the second reason you don't get off the platform is because you fear the unknown. You fear the unknown. Folks, I'm going to say something really radical. Fear can really be a good thing. It really can. Fear can be a motivating factor. Fear will allow you to do things that you never, ever thought possible. Fear trust, Fear forces you into trusting in God alone. Fear allows you to experience incredible miracles. Fear allows God to mold you and to shape you into his special vessel. And fear is oftentimes what, what keeps us on that platform. But man, fear is one thing that will also get you off that platform. Folks, fear will get you from the couch to your knees real fast. See, when Shelly and I returned from the mission field, we began to realize something. We began to realize that our prayer life had changed See, when we were over in the mission field, we knew what fear was, and we experienced it on a daily basis. I would go to bed at night and oftentimes just close one eye because I was fearful. Night was a bad time where we lived. I was fearful of rain because rain on a tin roof with no insulation is noisy, and you can't hear when someone's trying to break down your door or cut open your window. So we'd be fearful. I was fearful when I went into town on the road to Kainantu because that's the road that everybody would hold you up with guns and bush knives. So you put the word out several days before you travel down the road that if anybody wants to go to town, we're going to form a convoy because it's safer. (laughs) We experience fears. Trust me. But, folks, we took those fears and we turned those fears into victory. So... This is the time you say, what happens when you jump off that platform, right? Is this, is this really what we can expect? And my answer is yes. I'm sorry to say, but this is exactly what you can expect. Because God never promised us a smooth flight, folks. He only promised us a safe landing. And there will be turbulence. Trust me, when you jump off that platform and trust God, there will be turbulence. There will be times when you say to yourself, folks, I can't do this. This is beyond what I'm capable. And that's when God's the strongest. You are likely to grow closer to God than you've ever been in your entire life. And I can promise you one thing. Trust God. Get off that platform. Don't worry about the fear. And you will have a life-changing experience. So what's your journey? What is God calling you to do? And is fear keeping you from answering the call? I think John Waxwell said it best. He says, you don't know what you're capable of doing until you go beyond what you think you're capable of doing. 
Rich was a really good friend of mine back in Illinois before I went in the mission field. When I left the camp, Rich was the first one to come up to me and said, Jim, I want your job. I want to manage this camp. And I couldn't think of a better person. I mean, Rich was on the board. Rich came out to volunteer. He knew all parts of the camp. And I said, Rich, we can make this happen, man. You can take my spot in the camp. And I thought, this is great. Well, the next couple few weeks preceded phone calls almost every night from Rich. He was having questions. He was having doubts. Rich was on that platform, and he was checking his safety. And I kept saying, Rich, trust God. You can do this. It's going to be the experience of a lifetime. Well, it wasn't a few weeks later. Rich called me one night, said, Jim, it's over. I can't do this. My heart sank. Rich was on that platform, and he wasn't going to get off. He took the tree down. He couldn't get off that platform. So how about you? Are you stuck on a platform? Are you fearful to put your trust in God? Are you leaning on your limited understanding? Folks, I want you to understand something, truly understand this, that if you trust God, he will lead. If you obey, he will carry you. And if you answer the call, he will provide. This is the time when people usually ask, Jim, how do I know? How do I know if I'm being called into service? That doesn't necessarily have to be overseas. It can be anything. How do you know? And the answer is found in John. John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. Write that down. Please look this up. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. Folks, Jesus Christ said, My sheep listen to my voice. But that can only be accomplished in one way, and that's through prayer. Are you into your prayer life? Are you praying to God? That's, that's, that's the only way you're going to hear what Jesus Christ has to say to you is through constant prayer. Jesus says, I know them. Does he know you? You know, I can sit back and I can say, I know Donald Trump. I know Michael Jordan, but I don't. Because it's a reciprocating relationship. You've got to know the other person in order for them to know you. Jesus said, I know them. He knew them because a sheep followed Jesus' voice. And I'm asking you today, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ intimately, personally, as your Savior? Can you honestly say, I know Jesus? Then he'll speak to you. And Jesus said, they follow me. Remember that boy on the platform? He wanted me to push him off. You don't get pushed off, folks. If you know Jesus, you don't get pushed off the platform. If you know Jesus, you don't listen. You will listen to what he has to say. You know, if you, if you know Jesus, then, then you'll have a constant prayer life. If you know Jesus, you'll have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus, you're not going to get pushed off a platform. You're going to follow, and he's going to lead. Do you have that relationship with Jesus Christ today? If not, then that brings me to my third and final point. You don't get off the platform because you want to be in control. 
Verse 6 of Proverbs says it clearly. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your path. See, Jesus knew the importance of submitting his will to God. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus prays, Father, if it's your will, please take this cup of suffering, but yet not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Are you following the will of God, or are you trying to control your own life and your own destiny? Are you willing to give up that control? Are you willing just to let go and let God? So my question is, what happens? What happens when we try to control and we try to dictate to God what we're going to do? That's where I want to close this morning. You know, as you all know, we were, we were serving in Papua New Guinea. And, and, we, and we were called to serve um, in an incredible way. I won't go into a lot of detail, but, but it was no question. When God called Shelly and I to serve and go overseas, we were there. We, were just, we just answered the call. And then it became a question of where are we going to serve? Well, I remember going into my church at the time, and we had a huge missions board with a big world map. And I remember standing in front of that map, and I'm looking at the world. And I said, Lord, here's the deal. I said, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, but you're not going to send me to Papua New Guinea. Whoa. Well, it was shortly after that we decided what mission organization we're going to work with, and it was Wycliffe Associates and Bible Translation, which we shared earlier. And uh, so Martin Hewitt from Wycliffe Associates came over to my home, said, Jim, congratulations, man. We are so glad you're on board, and we're so glad you're going to be part of our organization, and I'm here and happy to tell you that we're sending you to Papua New Guinea. I'll tell you what, I began negotiating. I began doing everything I could to get out of this. And Martin said, no, Jim, where I really, really need you to serve is in Papua New Guinea. And so that night I reluctantly said, yeah, Martin, I'll do it. And then it began the process of fundraising, right? It began the process of standing in front of churches and missions committee and people's living room. And, I, and I'm not proud of this fact, folks, but I'm lying through my teeth. I'm telling everybody how happy I am. Oh, man, we're going to Papua New Guinea. Isn't this great? And as soon as I left that building, I started praying, Lord, you got to get me out of this. I didn't want to go. I don't know if it was fear. I don't know if I wanted to just control. I don't know what it was, but I did not want to go to Papua New Guinea. Well, we found ourselves in November at training camp. We have airline tickets purchased for December. We're leaving in 30 days, and I'm at training camp. And at the end of the day, after every session, I went in my room quietly and prayed, Lord, I know you're the last-minute God. You can still do this. You can still pull the plug and get me out of here. And I, and I, so it was the following morning. We were almost done with training camp. And I'm in my room, quietly praying and reading. And you know how sometimes you can read a passage and it means nothing? And then you read it another time and it just speaks to your heart? Luke 9. I was in Luke 9, verse 62, where Jesus said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Whoa, did that hit home. Folks, talk about going from couch to your knees. I fell on my knees, and I knew 
that all I've been doing is looking bad. God set a course for me. He said, your course is popping a guinea, and I'm holding on to that plow, and I'm like this. All I wanted to do was turn that plow around. God said, no. And that was the day that I prayed like I've never prayed before. I sought forgiveness. And I went and I found Shelly, and I confessed. And for the first time, I could honestly say that I was happy and joyful because God told me this is what I'm doing. He gave me the assurance that he can trust, I can trust him, and he's got everything under control. And don't lean on my understanding, but trust him and give him control. And that was a day that I could finally say, praise God, we're going to Papua New Guinea. Folks, it's decision time. And my question to you this morning is, are you stuck on a platform? And that platform you may be on may be 24 foot, it may be seven stories, that thing may be 600 feet in the air. And you may be looking down right now at something that the Lord is asking you, trust me. Maybe you're going through a family issue, I don't know. You know, maybe somebody in here has never truly given their life to Jesus Christ. And they're sitting up on that platform and saying, man, I've heard what people say, but I've not yet jumped off that thing and completely given control and my life to Christ. Is that you this morning? You know, and maybe you've got an issue medical. Maybe you're looking at cancer. I don't know. There's something on that platform that you're looking down and you're not putting your faith and your trust 100% in God. Folks, this is the time. If you want to make this, if you're stuck on that platform and you want prayer, come on down when we sing and we'll pray for you and we'll get you off that platform. Because I can tell you the truth, the absolute truth. When I leaped, it was the greatest ride of my life. And the same thing can happen to you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, you have told us, you have showed us, you have demonstrated that you will give us your Holy Spirit, that you will lead and you will guide if we just put our faith and our trust in you, dear God, and we follow your call. Father, help us to accomplish that. Father, I don't know what platform that anybody's on, but I know there are some up there and looking down and scared and looking down and saying, this doesn't make sense. Or maybe, Father, they're just trying to take control of themselves and not turning it over to you. Father, I pray that you touch hearts this morning and allow them to take that jump and feel the freedom and know what it's like to have an incredible ride with you and through you. In Christ's name, amen.